Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 28 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Acts chapter 6 today, and our focus is on deacons and the leadership of the early church. So thank you for joining us for this show. We are a daily 10-minute podcast that reads one chapter of the Word of God and discusses it every day. Please share the show with your friends on social media and by word of mouth. That's how we reach people uh, all across the world from Scotland, Australia, to New Zealand, to China, to Russia, to the good old United States of America. You can hear this podcast. Please tell your friends. We do have a website, Bible2021.com. We have a contact page there. I'd love to hear you, your questions, um, comments, that sort of thing. There's also a transcript of every show, including this episode. All you got to do is search for the episode number. Uh, when today is episode 28, one great question that came in from listener Ramal Wellpo. Last time we discussed civil disobedience and disobedience, as we did yesterday, was how Christians should handle unjust laws. And his question was in the context of the civil rights movement, and specifically Jim Crow laws. It's a great observation and question. The Bible is not even a remotely racist book in any way, shape, or form. You gotta remember, almost all of the people in the Bible are brown or black, for one. I'm not even sure many or anybody in the Bible would qualify as white. Uh, and if you want more on that, I have a book called The Bible and Racism you can check out. That said, this is a question in process for me in terms of wrestling with biblical truth. How do Christians submit to Second Peter 2, Titus 3, and Romans 13 while also resisting and changing unjust laws. I believe Christians should stand for justice and stand against injustice. I believe Rosa Parks was absolutely correct and moral when she refused to move on a bus and that Christians, pastors in particular, should have led the way more stringently and obviously against the unjust race laws that were in place for much of our country's history. Now, race today is still very much an issue in America, even in the church, and especially in the church, really. In one of the very conservative and biblical Facebook groups I'm a part of, just today, somebody posted a quote from an African-American pastor, and some of the members roasted that pastor, calling his views heretical, him a heretic, and on the way to apostasy, and divisive, and all sorts of things. His quote was on race, but honestly, it was really quite innocuous, but people just vehemently attacked and dismissed him. And, you know, my question is, was racism behind that vehemence or simply a current internet culture that causes us to rapidly disparage and attack any viewpoint or person we disagree with? I don't know, but it was a heartbreaking read. Uh, of course, I tried to come to his defense. I try myself to avoid at all costs almost any sort of internet argument, but you have to jump in when you see injustice, I suppose. We got to do better as followers of Christ, especially on areas of opinion where we disagree with each other. When I say opinion, I mean things that the Bible doesn't directly address, but I have an opinion on, you have an opinion on. We've got to give each other grace to that. Well, speaking of disagreements, Acts chapter 6 presents us with the first recorded disagreement in the early church, and it appears to be a racial one. According to verse 1 of our chapter, the Greek Jews were murmuring because they felt their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution or deaconing or ministering. 
Neither food or money is mentioned here, but only the verb form of the word that eventually would become deacon, diakono, a word that indicates service or ministry or even table waiting. In other words, it appeared that the Jewish widows were being better taken care of by the early church than the Grecian widows. From all appearances, there wasn't a big debate or lots of hand-wringing. The apostles immediately came up with a practical solution— Choose some men to take the, make this situation better, and thus seven men were chosen for that duty. I note that they weren't called deacons at that time, but did the work of serving in ministry, again from the Greek word diakono. A, this group of seven appears to be quite diverse based on what we know about them. Some have Greek names, some are clearly foreigners like Nicholas from Syria, but the only qualifications for them we know of come from verse 3. Where Peter says, brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. Well, let's go ahead and read our chapter. It's pretty short. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas, a convert from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from some members of the Freedmen's Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, and they began to argue with Stephen. But they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, so they came, seized him, and took him to the Sanhedrin. They also presented false witnesses who said, This man never stops speaking against this holy place in the law, for we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So, just in case you missed it, the decision of the early church to appoint men to the ministry of deaconing is captured in verse 7, which is our verse of the day. So the word of God spread, the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, little is known about these deacons other than Stephen from the Bible itself, but the early church fathers did pass down some informations and traditions about the ministry of the seven post-book of Acts. Several were said to have been martyred, including Prochorus, Nicanor, and Parmenas. Interestingly, there was a pretty significant debate about Nicholas of Antioch among the early church fathers. Several of them, including some very, very early church fathers like Irenaeus and Hippolytus who lived in the 100s and 200s, and several others, 
they identify Nicolaus of Antioch as the beginner of the Nicolaitan heresy, which is mentioned twice by Jesus in Revelation, including Revelation 2, 15 and 16, where he says, in the same way, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. So repent, otherwise I will come to you quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. On the other hand, Early Other early church fathers defend Nicolaus and say he is not the one that the heresy is named after. Scholars today are really still divided over the issue because there's not a lot of evidence. Some see the word Nicolaitan as like a compound word that doesn't actually refer to a person, but instead refers to victory over people. Because the word Nike in Greek means victory, Laos means the people, and thus the the heresy of the Nicolaitans in that instance would be some sort of lording it over people by the leadership in sort of an abusive way. But the bottom line is, whether it came from Nicolaus of Antioch or the word itself, we don't know for sure. What we do know for sure, however, is that the early church grew in strength and wisdom and witness when the material and ministerial needs of the people were met and the focus was still on the daily proclamation of the word of God. Some churches today, usually the more conservative ones, only focus on the ministry of the word and worship service. Other churches, Usually the more liberal churches downplay the importance of the word and even water it down and disagree with parts of it, but they do engage in ministry to the poor and widows, a kind of deaconing. The apostles show us, though, that the proclamation of the word of God is of paramount importance, and Acts 6 teaches us that ministry to the members and the poor and needy must not and need not detract from the great commission of making disciples of Jesus, but can only enhance it. So rise up, deacons. Jesus' church needs you still today. I am personally grateful to have the last church I served in and the current church I'm serving in to have been able to serve amongst a wonderful body of servant ministry-minded deacons, and I praise God for them. Every church needs the deacons to lead the way in this kind of ministry and point other people to doing it, because when the church is focused on meeting the needs of its members and the and the widows and the people that have great needs and also the needy and the poor in the city, the proclamation of the word is going to be amplified and strengthened. Well, let's close with our Bible verse of the day, Mark chapter 1, verse 15. This is our memory verse of of January. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, my friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Good day to you and Godspeed.